Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAers. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hey and welcome to the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast an adulting advice podcast production i'm danny sheriff and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly this podcast aims to educate inform and keep you motivated on your period and ha recovery track let's dive in And guys, please remember that I am not a doctor and nothing on this show should be taken as medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician. Okay, before we dive in, two important things. This episode is actually totally stolen from my friend Emily Morello. I was on her podcast, The Honest Living Podcast, and it was a episode she interviewed me but really it was a it was a conversation and we talked a lot about ha we talked a lot about society's expectations body image i just felt after i got off the call with her i said this was really really relevant to my audience do you mind if i repost it so that's what i'm gonna do so you're gonna hear a really great conversation between myself and emily and You'll probably learn a few new things about me, maybe, that you didn't necessarily know. So 
I hope that you guys enjoy it. I hope that it's very interesting. Let me know what you thought. Go check out the Honest Living podcast if you did like it. And the second thing is that today is a bonus episode. And many of you know what that means. Many of you don't. So I always release a bonus episode on the day that the HA Society is open for enrollment. We open every new moon and today is a new moon. So this is the last time we're offering the HA Society at $12.99 a month. It's going up in price in April because we're beefing it up and making it even more better. So this month, when you pop in, you'll get immediate access to the entire community of women in there, including the replays of the past community calls and all of the past events that have been expert-led. You will get all of the access to the HA podcast early release episodes so that's always fun to binge you can start immediately RSVPing to all of the upcoming community calls and coaching calls and there's one tonight so you can dive straight in if you want to and that is all in preparation for April when you'll also get a one-on-one call with me we're going to go over your story your history answer any big questions you have and come up with a little bit of a game plan make sure I know where you're at so that I can continue to support you personally inside of the society. I'm always chatting with the girls in there. I'm always available to you guys. And this call is going to help kick off our relationship. One of the reasons I'm so excited about being able to offer this one-on-one call, constant support inside of the group and upping the community calls is because group coaching and one-on-one coaching programs for HA can be hundreds of dollars, even thousands of dollars. And Our program has no end. It's a community. We don't have a start date and a finish date. You can stay as long as you need. We're always going to be helping you. I'm going to be doing everything I can to support you in getting your period back. It's it's not just like a join this membership, ask some questions, like a Facebook group or anything like that. It's really an, an active community. We're always talking. We're always coaching. And we're always trying to actually make progress moving forward. So I just wanted to make sure you know that it's really comparable with coaching and that it's a really great opportunity if coaching is something that you really want to try because it's low stakes. You can cancel any time. It's low commitment. So you don't need to be afraid. You basically have nothing to lose and totally have a period to gain here. So I'm really excited to be offering it. Ah, It's my dream. We're upping the expert-led sessions, so this is going to help give us a nice, stronger budget so that we can get even more experts in, like practitioners, dietitians, nutritionists, to come in and answer your questions. And I'm excited to start sending more gifts and goodies. I have already started doing that. I want to keep it going. It's really fun. So that's what you can expect in April. So the price is going to go up a lot. So I recommend if you get in now at $12.99, that price is not going to change for you. So yeah, (laughs) it's a really, really good plan if you've ever been on the fence about joining the HA Society. I think that now is the time. Otherwise, next time, not a problem at all, guys. But if you are ready, if you're ready to go, just head to thehasociety.com or there's a link in the show notes of this podcast or you can head to the, um, the HA Podcast Instagram and find the links in there you'll find it google the ha society whatever you want to do come and join us we close in two days enrollment is only open for two days so get on in it and i can't wait to see you in there and start chatting with you and getting to know you
Welcome, Danny, to the Honest Living Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, thank you, Emily. I am pumped to be here also. And I've been listening to a lot of your content recently. I know you have a lot going on, so I'm super excited to chat about that. Um, but you're actually someone who I found through my good friend, Meg, who was on the podcast back in September. Um, and I can't wait the list for the listeners to learn more about you and your amazing work. So I just did a mini little intro before we jumped on, but why don't you give the audience a little bit of info about you, who you are and how you want them to know you. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Um, well, yeah, I'm Danny, and I'm the host of the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast, the hardest, the longest name for a podcast on the internet. And I had just a history with that kind of thing with my body image, with regaining my health and through a long journey of basically just crawling myself out of a hole. You know, I also got really passionate about helping others avoid that entirely for themselves and, and get out of that situation if they're already in it. So I was just lying in bed one night. I had started drawing quite a while mm -hmm. ago, uh, body acceptance, body positivity kind of images, images of real women. And that started to kind of like grow quite organically for me. And then one night um, I was just lying in bed and I was like, oh, I need to make a podcast. <laughs> and so I was like half excited and half like, oh no, <laughs> I have to make a podcast. But um, here we are. Like I just made it and it's been a wild ride since like July this year. Wow. And I feel like I found you right when you were kind of probably a couple months after you started it or like a month after because I um, found you through Meg Dahl and you were on her podcast. And I was like, this girl is amazing. So I actually followed you on social media, saw your artwork, um, and it was super inspiring because I've been in this space for, wow, two years now, but not kind of like, you know, really committed until recently. Yeah. And it's just nice seeing other people with a similar message. And it kind of makes you more motivated to stay true to your own journey and your own message. So I'm really, really interested to hear about kind of like how you got HA. I'm sure my listeners are, I have a lot of women as I know it's crazy because when you go through HA, you don't think anyone has it. And then once you have it and you talk about it, so many people come out. Everyone's it. got it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Or at one point of their life. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm interested to hear about your story and yeah, how it kind of transitioned to yeah. you now. And I think sharing stories is actually the most, in, one of the most impactful things you can do. I'm kind of probably a similar format to you. Informational, maybe speak to an expert, mm -hmm. but then like every second show is, is an interview with someone like sharing a story. Yep, exactly. And that is, that is some of the most helpful stuff to people because they being able to hear yourself and see yourself in someone else's story is just so validating because so many of us know what to do to heal. Mm -hmm. It's about getting the permission and the validation for it. Yes. So my story is I grew up in Sydney, Australia and was just a regular kid that did regular kid stuff. So I wasn't like a high level athlete. I wasn't super duper academic, super normal average person. <laughs> and later on, you know, I, after high school, 
I started to like gain weight as you do kind of at that age. Mm -hmm. I'm 18. I can drink now. I can party. I'm like, yeah. So I quickly gained weight and I quickly had feelings about that, Mm -hmm. Um, which basically I just became an athlete overnight, you know, like training all the time, learning everything I could about nutrition, all the diets, went full paleo, tried a whole 30, lasted like two weeks. And um eventually found macro counting which allowed me to finally lose all of the weight that I had longed to to lose and I just like lost my period so fast when I when I found macro tracking and that was the one that did it for me because I was still eating a lot of of calories when I was Mm -hmm. doing like paleo and that kind of thing yes so it was really the macro tracking that that did it and training like five, six days a week, because at that point I had be, uh, taken up weightlifting, like Olympic style weightlifting, mm-hmm. loved it, thought it was just the coolest thing. I still really um, love it. And I, I just like went all in on it. So I basically thought that having lost my period was validation that I was working hard enough. I was lean enough and Also, it's kind of cool. Like there's this cool feeling that people have when they're in a weight class driven sport. Mm -hmm. And I had started to get competitive and, um, you know, you want to be in the lower weight class. And I see it now that I'm like more, um, I've been in the sport for many years now. And like, you see the new girls kind of come in and they're so excited to cut weight Mm -hmm. for their first event. And it's just like, how about you just focus on your lifts Yes. And when you're at a competitive level and we're looking to like break some records or qualify for some massive events, then we'll worry about your weight class. But it just seems to be like a sexy thing for people. Mm -hmm. So I definitely fell into that early on. And the reason I also brought up like my non-athletic background as a child was because I think that that played a role in why it was so easy for me to lose my period and so challenging for me to get it back. Yeah, It was like a major shock to my system. So I went through that and eventually I went to see an OB and just for my regular women's health checkup. And he asked me how things are going. I thought this is probably a smart time to like mention I don't have a period. And he was just the first person who kind of said, oh, well, we worry about women when they don't have a period. And I was like, what? (laughs) And then that he tried to put me on a Provera challenge. I'm sure many women. Yeah, I've done that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I was stubborn. Um, I was like, I don't need no drug. And I just also didn't know what it was. Now I know it's kind of like whatever. But Mm -hmm. at the time I was like, what is this pill? Like, I'm not taking these pills. I could do this on my own. And then began sort of my journey from like, okay, what do I need to do to get this back to oh my God, we've all been fed this huge lie. And like, mm-hmm. so from, from curiosity, investigation to pure outrage and just now I'm just like super outspoken. I, I got really loud about it. Um, I told everyone that I, kn- that I knew I and facilitated conversation for other girls to come out mm-hmm. and say, hey, me too, and learn from this. And I'm really proud to say that like friends of mine, got their period back too because I brought it up oh I love that oh yeah it's crazy because a lot of our stories start 
maybe we don't start the same, but there's parts that we could all relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a podcast. We're recording this in November. So I just had a podcast go live this past Monday and it was about another HA journey. Um, and it's just, it's like a sense of control. Um, we feel really good during it and it's like a way to accept yourself. It's not really even much about others. Like, I don't know. I feel like I thought I was searching for approval from others. And I realized it was more so like accepting myself. I remember at one point I was like, oh, I don't want to find a boyfriend until I'm happy with myself. And Mm -hmm. that's why I kept dropping weight. And I did the macro counting as well. But it's, it's just kind of crazy how we all go through this and not all of us, but we go through the body image, all of us to an extent. And I know you said men in, um, we, I had like a little questionnaire before we did the podcast, you wrote that men could related to you and women too. And it's like, sometimes we think this is just a women issue. Of course the period thing is, but the body image issue is not. So do you want to speak about how that kind of, I know you said you helped other women get their period by, by talking about it, but how did it go from, you know, you learning about this to other people being like, Hey, this is important. Yeah. I think when finally women who didn't identify with the stories and the information that was already out there started to identify with me and my story, because, which I didn't really mention the story was like, I, you know, when you do weightlifting, you do a few reps and you sit down for like three minutes. Mm -hmm. And so you just don't connect that with being like super high intensity. And I didn't do any kind of running or anything. And this topic was way more prominent in that space. So when girls that were going through this, we're looking for information. They just didn't, they're like, well, I'm not a runner. That's not me. Or I'm not anorexic or I don't have an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And also I just also kind of, I, I mean, I just identify with like, I never got that lean. I, mm-hmm. I tell people, you know, yes, I got much leaner. The amount of weight that I lost was significant, but because I never saw myself as particularly lean, I never was able to make the connection that this is what was happening to me. And so the more I shared those kind of nuances that no one else was talking about, people connected. And then also I am very open and I guess vulnerable is the word for about like the stories that I had going in my head, right? Like I'll tell people, you know, I know what it's like to feel like um, your friends are better than you because you're not, good enough looking all right I know what it feels like to just really want to be super lean or to feel like you deserve a partner that's like at a certain level of success or to feel like I'm not going to be able to get there like make tons of money or be super successful or be important to anyone if I don't look this way like I'm willing to tell people that that was the reality of my thoughts and then that you know made people be like oh my god I thought that too. And I didn't realize other people were thinking that. And I had a lot of shame around thinking that. Mm -hmm. And now she's saying that we're all thinking that (laughs) because I'm like, you're all thinking it. Yeah. So it's kind of like leveling the playing field, inviting other people in and being like, I'm not going to pretend like I'm better than you or anyone's anyone's Mm -hmm. better than us. And I think that people just really finally found someone that was speaking a similar language. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see that with your content. You seem very relatable. You make things like you normalize it, which is great. Like, okay, 
so you don't have your period or so you have these body image issues. Okay. Now what? Or you're still a good person too. Like the one thing I like to tell my clients, cause I work with a lot of women who go through, are going through HA is that you don't have this illness with HA. You're not, you're still healthy, you know? And I know that the, having your period is a big factor of health. It's a big determination of like, is your fertility, uh, how's your fertility? How's your hormonal level? Um, but at the same time, you can still be healthy. And what I see is when people start to think, oh my God, I don't have my period. I'm not healthy. And they start to panic. Then that's one part where it can prevent them from gaining the health they want. And then there's also that sense of people not wanting to admit to it at all. There's also that sense of people being like, oh, you know, like you were saying, maybe I'm not lean. So why would this yeah. be an issue? I don't, I don't count. Yeah. I and don't count calories. Is, a lot of it is because I am not ex leanness or because I don't have disordered eating behaviors or at least don't think that I do, all that kind of thing. I therefore do not deserve to go into the protocol that is required. To be exactly. told to be told you need to rest more and eat more, that is something that we have been told that we can earn when we're finally thin enough. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very confusing, it's really rocking our belief system. And yeah, I just think it's strange. And I love something you said about how like, there's not, you're not like diseased, like there's nothing yes. wrong with you. So I love this path and I've never gotten to chat with someone about this before, but I want to bring it up because it's fun. Is that, yeah, you're not actually sick. You know, there's no disease happening inside mm-hmm. of your body. Actually what's happening is your body functioning in exactly the way that it is designed to function. Now, if you were running your body into the ground, not eating any food and in a total just like energy nutrient deficit and your body was still cycling and ready to get you pregnant, a part of me actually feels like that's more of a problem. Yes. (laughs) Like that's a dangerous point. Yeah. Your body's doing for you your body is performing like mine is sensitive and my body's mm-hmm. like pr- me protecting too. me at a very high level and some other people don't have that so when you're jealous of Sally Lou running her marathons and still menstruating i don't know like it's not that there's anything wrong either way but i think that your body is just reacting in a way that it was primarily designed to do and you should love and respect that there is no weird illness or cancer growing in your body that's not meant to be there this mechanism is meant to be there work with it not against it and it's a signal it's a signal that's telling you that if you don't do something now something bad can happen brittle bones when you have low estrogen you can get all types of illnesses and when you want to have a baby like you know women sometimes don't worry about this until it's time you know they get the partner they want or whatever and they're like all right we're ready to have kids oh i can't have kids now And because there's been years and years and years of this disordered mindset around their bodies and how things are supposed to be, it takes a lot longer at times to give themselves the approval or give themselves just the push that they need to go into that rest. So it's, that's the very sad part. And I know for me, I was just explaining to a client, a lot of people ask me um, from my podcast, oh, how much weight did you gain, you know, to get your period back? How long was it? I'm like, honestly, like, I'm not going to give you like exact numbers, but honestly, I gained a lot of weight 
the year after I graduated for where I was at for how much, you know, I didn't let myself gain any weight in college. And then I like let myself gain a lot of weight in one year. And then I had to gain even more in like a month to get my period back. But because I did the work for like a year, kind of when it came to eating, but not enough when it came to rest or Mm de-stressing, it took, it was interesting. And I like to share that because it's like, it's not an exact formula. And until you actually do lower all the stress when it comes to food mindset and exercise or like actually, so, you know, not eating enough is a stressor. That's what I was trying to say. Then it's not going to work out. Totally. Totally. So how did you get into, I know you said you started with drawing and that was something that um, was really, you're passionate about. How did that kind of transition into the YouTube, the podcast, and now your most recent HA Society? Yeah, that's a good question. And in some ways I still see them as separate, but the drawing started because it was a part of my getting my period back protocol. Mm-hmm. Let's stop being so obsessed with productivity. Let's do some things for fun. Let's get creative again. Things I had stopped doing, things that I had told myself I don't do anymore. Um, so that's how that happened. And then after a while and spending more time in the process and just learning more about HA and getting more pumped up about it and discovering more women who were finding my artwork because I was speaking about HA inside of it, it helped me realize like, okay, I have this niche. It's time Mm -hmm. to like niche down more, move in that direction and do something. One of the, the skill sets that I have, and there are many things I'm not good at many, many, but one of the things I am good at is like computer stuff, making Mm -hmm. content, podcasts, videos. I'm not like super high, amazing production quality, but I know how to do every one of them pretty well. So I just kind of felt like, why don't I just apply that creative outlet? And, and I enjoy having these conversations and it all just kind of made sense. Mm -hmm. So I just went for it and I launched it in like two days. Amazing. I love that. That kind (laughs) of sounds like how how I did mine too. I was like, gosh, I do it. I'm going to do it. And then I was like, I don't know if I should do it, (laughs) but um, I'm glad that you stuck with it because your content is incredible. I like that. Like even your Instagram reels that you make them so true and authentic. Like I just saw one about like your, the basal, the, your, uh, the thermometer in the morning when you're taking (laughs) your basal temperature. And it was just like, yeah, that's how we all do it. We lay in bed for, you know, fall back asleep and then you check your temperature. Um, So I like that. (laughs) people can relate. And it's not this like, like, so there's a lot of influencers, even if they have good intentions, they like try too hard. And then people are, and then people think it's too hard to, to, because they're trying too hard. Other people, like the average person will be like, Oh, you know, I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to get to that level. They display wellness in, in this kind of like really polished, unrelatable way I I know exactly what you what you mean I I went in with the intention of of being like well I I'm not doing that yeah yeah I'm not doing that. exactly so how does your life look now that you've recovered your period you've done the work and kind of what did you have to do to gain back your period too and then how does it look now 
Yeah. Okay. Um, well, to gain my period back, it took a lot of patience. I was kind of like you when the I'm doing better at resting more than I am at eating more. Now I'm doing better at eating more than I am resting more. Yeah, a lot of that uh, took me quite a bit. I finally made significant enough changes to my exercise and my eating that I got my period back. Uh, and that it was close enough to all in. I was still moving my body. Yep. I was still choosing quality foods, um, but I was definitely finally eating enough, like without restriction. And I just, it just, it came back, you know, I just like stuck to the process. I like did the protocol. I leaned on my support system when I could. And now my life is wonderful. I don't think about food all the time. I forget about food, which is, I never thought that that was possible. Um, And it's like, it's like the spice of life now, rather than this, dream like thing that she can have but I can't have Mm -hmm. like I can have whatever the heck I want I can have chicken with skin on it every night if I want to like (laughs) there is a there was a time when that was just a wild thought you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so in a way going through all of that has given me a greater appreciation and gratitude for the food I can have I think I would take it more for granted than I do now and now I just like I just see dinner time is just this like wonderful exciting event that I forgot was coming and surprise now it's here so that's that's just like indescribably wonderful thing Mm -hmm. and I have a lot more just like freedom time I don't have to train three times three hours a day like I literally can get a quick workout in and go back to what I want to be doing so Mm -hmm. time getting I have a lot of time back it's incredible Incredible. I get to like podcast. I get to get on calls with you. I wouldn't yeah. be talking to you right now. No, and I wouldn't either. I'd be off, who knows, doing a night run in the dark when it's who, freezing out. Who is that benefiting? Yeah, no one. No one. It's like, it's I, like you and I now get to impact people's lives. Yes. No one, uh, me being able to lift one more kilo, no one gives a shit. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Or then, you know, losing one pound that you're going to gain in a week when you accidentally eat one banana. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing too, is something that I've noticed now is I did the weight gain. I was super, super bloated at first, like so bloated. I was like, who am I at first? It was kind of scary. And I think a lot of people are afraid of that. So that's why I like talking about it. Like it happens and it is, it's, not scared. Like I said, it's, I felt scared, but it's not a scary thing because it happens to everyone. But when you're intentionally doing it after all those years of telling yourself it's bad, it is scary to go through it. But then once you do it, you just start feeling so much better. And then there got to a point where I wasn't as puffy anymore. I just felt normal. And now I rarely, rarely weigh myself ever, but I weighed myself when I got my puppy and I was lower than I was in a while. And I was eating much, much more, like more than I was for a while after um, getting my period back, just because my body was so used to it. So it lost some water weight. And then recently I weighed myself like this week. because I was like, I ate so much pie. I literally had pie every single day this past week at Thanksgiving. Every single day, because I started Thanksgiving on Sunday with my fiance's family, and then we had it on Thursday with leftover, you know, so I had pie every single day. I had, like, cookies in between. I had, like, some brown, like, whatever. I just ate a lot of sugar and mm. stuff that I don't normally eat at home. I don't eat pie every day, but I'll eat, like, desserts. 
So I was like, I'm, I'm just curious. And my, my weight stayed the exact same. Yeah. Interesting. And I'm, yeah. And I'm not saying this to say weight is important, but I'm saying this to say that my body finally like trusts me and I don't go from, I remember when I was underweight, if I had one day where I ate like one extra banana, when I was counting calories, I gained weight because my body was like, all right, let's store this as fat. And now it's like my body kind of stabilizes and I can feel it physically too. Like I sleep better, my mood's better. I'm not like starving all the time. Sometimes I'm really hungry with my cycle, of course. Um, But I find that very, very interesting too with this journey. Yeah, I love that. And to go with that um, point of like just the weight gain and the fear. So I just ended up gaining getting back to the same weight that I ha- was at when I first started macro counting ever. Mm-hmm. I just like went back to that weight. Yep. But the thing that just like put some people's minds at ease, you didn't do everything wrong. You mm-hmm. know, like just, yes, you might've taken things too far, but you don't have to look back on your past of, of dieting and when working out as like this shame thing that you should never yeah. bring up again you still learned some skills. I still learned about the macronutrient profile of my food and I have a healthy understanding now of fats, carbs, and proteins. I swung too far in one direction. I can now take what I learned and I can utilize it. So I have those skills. So nothing's to waste. Mm -hmm. And that time I spent weightlifting, yes, I took it too far, but I do have the strength gains that I got from that. I do have the muscle mass that I built from that. I probably have strong as bones now. Um, mm-hmm. Well, or I at least, you know, didn't lose bone density. Yes. And which is very important. It's <laughs> really important and, and good. So good things came. I just took it too far. Mm-hmm. And because of the, you know, the positives that came out of that process, when I, when I went back to that body weight, which set point theory, as you were explaining, I, almost never go over. I don't think, I don't know how much I weigh Yeah. Um, anymore. Just, I feel the same. My, my body shape and the way that, and just the way that I feel about myself is different. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not the same. I'm, I didn't go back to the same body, you know, I, I just went back to the same weight. Like your body can composition can change. There's no shame mm-hmm. if you want to eventually get back to the gym and continue yes. weightlifting or doing things to change your body composition. What we don't want from you for you is just obsessive weight loss goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not that scary. Like you're not undoing all of the things that you did. Yeah. And a couple things that I want to, I love what you just said. And a lot of things really spoke to me first, the past. I've had people, you know, talk to clients and they are so, they just feel so much regret for what has happened. And it's like, okay, the most important thing is to accept that it happened. That's important for most people to actually move on. You've already done that. You've accepted it. You're doing the work. The more, you know, everyone, I mean, there's a saying like depression is in the past, anxiety is in the future, ease is in the present. So if you just obsess over the past, you will become a bit depressed thinking what could have been. When in reality, what could have been is you might be in the same spot or you might have been somewhere else. And if you're happy now, why does it really matter? Um, So I think that's super powerful that you mentioned that. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is I'm trying to, oh, weightlifting. I'm like, what the heck was I going to (laughs) say? 
this is something that I've had to go through with trial and error. And I know a lot of people, some people do and some people don't. Um, I remember you mentioned you're a highly sensitive person um, when it comes to kind of what it takes your body to have your period. I'm the same way. So um, I, I started cycling a little bit like spinning because my friend was teaching spin classes and I'm like, Oh, I've been doing my periods been regular. Maybe if I switch this with one of my weight lifts once a week, it'll be fine. No, that was horrible. Um, my period was like, it was 40 days. It wasn't like this, you know, it wasn't like super, it was long, but it wasn't like crazy, crazy, but my period was was kind of regular for a while. So I'm like, all right. But for the first time when this happened, instead of going like, Oh my God, I broke it. I'm wrong. I messed up. I was like, okay, you know what? Those spin classes were super fun. I love going with my friend, you know, who was teaching it, but maybe I'll just learn from this. And I didn't ruin myself. I can learn, move on. And if I want to take a spin class here and there, it's going to be okay. But knowing that my body maybe can't accept it at this time of my life every day or maybe, or every week or maybe ever, that's okay too. Yes. The journey of learning, like what getting back into exercise is what I love talking about that topic. I posted about that today. I talk about it a lot on the show. Um, I love when people are at the point in time when they can start working exercise yes. back in and they're so scared always. Mm-hmm. Oh, what if I lose my period? It's like, yeah. What if you lose it? Then we just go back like yes yeah. fine you've lost a million periods before what's like one more it's gonna be great that's we such a great point <laughs> we can do this I know it's like there that's something when I do my one-on-one coaching I love helping them create a program because mm-hmm. it's hard to assimilate resimilate assimilate Assim- yes there it is it's hard to assimilate back into the world where everyone else is going super hard. So it's really great to like come up with your own protocol of like, Mm -hmm. this is how many days I do. These are the lifts or the workouts I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to pivot when I think things are going south because you're, you're allowed to get back. Yes. And you're allowed to screw up. Yeah. It's okay. You're human. I recently was talking to one of my clients about exercising and she was someone who would go super, super hard Um, and now she doesn't like didn't work out for a while. And I was like, why don't you give yourself a range? And that range can vary on your season of life. It could be zero to one days. It could be zero to three days. It could be two to four days, you know, and it depends on where you're at. And once you get to that upper limit, take a step back and see how you honestly feel, because if it felt good to just go to the gym, but you actually like mentally, and you like seeing people and you like getting in a routine because a lot of people with HA, you know, perfectionists want to get in a routine. And I can definitely relate to that. If it felt good that way, great. But if your body's like, oh, hell no, you know, I had a lay, I could barely get up. I could barely focus at work. I could not eat enough during the day, you know, then maybe it's time to reassess. So I like having some type of range. And I love that you talk about having a program with your clients because there's so many programs out there that when it comes to people who are type A, we could easily be like, all right, let me follow this to a T. And that's when panic arises. Um, But when you're like, all right, no, you're going to make your own. You can find your own, whatever. And if you screw up, like not screw up, but if you 
lose your period again for a month or whatever it is, it's okay. Let's just yeah. find a different range or a different program. It's the same with like, we're all pumped about getting in tune with listening to our body and what our body wants mm-hmm. to eat. Well, yep. the, ne- the next step is how your body wants to move. It doesn't actually yes. make sense that you would go to follow this program, this one size fits all program for everyone else. You might feel like, oh, if I do my own programming, it's going to be rubbish. It's not going to get, get me anywhere. Um, no, it's probably, especially at this time, if you, if you know the, some, just some basic stuff about exercise programming, you're going to be able to do a really good job of it yourself. Exactly. And something that I even today play with still, which this is a lot of stigma. So in the past on the show, I've talked about my, my past experience with calorie counting and how it was so negative to me. And then I had to do it to learn how to eat a lot of food and get my body revved up. But even to, to this day, every few months, if I change my exercise routine, I check in with myself to see where I'm at food wise. And I hate doing it because I'm like, this is so boring. Like it doesn't, you know, bring up any obsessions anymore because I've been through it, but I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to log this. I know. Isn't it the worst feeling in the world? It is. But it's like, you know what? Even to this day, I've had my period back going on two years. I like to make sure I kind of know where I am because there's some days where you forget about food and you're like, I think I ate a lot and you have so much to think about. You can't really remember every detail because when you're past the point of obsession, it's just not in there anymore. You have other things to think about. Um, So I actually still use calorie counting as a tool. Um, So I don't, I wanted to hear your kind of viewpoint on that when it comes to getting your period back or just being healthy in general, do you talk to your clients about that at all? Or is it kind of something that you just want them to focus on intuitive signals? Um, No, they could definitely different strokes for different folks. Like Mm -hmm. I used it at at the beginning there to make sure I was reaching a solid 2,500 calories because I became so very skilled at where to cut calories from. Yes. So I really had to do that for a little while. And that's super valuable for for some people. Um, I think, yes, it's a tool. I think sometimes as well, it's really hard to, you know, can be an addiction. It is. Yeah. Expecting someone to quit it altogether at once is really rough. Like we're going to be, it's like, it's like breaking up with your ex and being obsessed with him and like, expecting yourself not to to stalk his Instagram you're like Mm -hmm. some people just can't do that yeah Um, yeah so I for that reason it's great for the reason that some people suck at eating enough food um, or have never eaten enough food a day in their life like there's all kinds of scenarios where it's valuable and there's all kinds of scenarios where it's time to now's not the time yes I love that and it's I think you just kind of need to understand where you're at. Um, and if you're someone who you can never look at as a, at it as a tool again, that's okay. You learn about denser foods. And the thing is, which I really know that you mentioned this too in the beginning, is you want to get to a point where your life isn't about that. You're free from the food. Yeah. You're, if you're eating to enjoy it, like enjoy meals, have conversations, be social, just really experience tastes and enjoy what you're eating. Mm-hmm. And also just intentional eating, like making sure, you know, when you do a, a workout, when you get to that point, 
that you are fueling yourself so you don't get injured and your hormones are regular and you can sleep at night. Um, so I find it very interesting on how people get to the balance, but also knowing it's never going to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Getting to the balance is, it, it's just a fun little journey. It's yeah. so cool to like take it day by day and see what happens when you train and you fuel sufficiently. It's incredible. Yeah. Or it what is. it's like, what, just what it's like to have energy is so much fun. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about diet culture now? Like, I know that you said, um, kind of your own journey, you started with weightlifting. How about your clients who come to you with kind of it taking a while to get past that point of wanting to be perfect? Um, how, how do you feel about that? Taking a while to get past that point. Yeah. Like letting go of that. Mm-hmm. What we do is we, we don't focus too much on like strategies for letting go of that. We focus a lot more on, on looking for places that they can find identity and mm-hmm. love and passion elsewhere. So I start to dig into like, what else do you like? Like, what do you, what did you used to do that you don't do any, like you stopped enjoying like yeah. full curious, like, Oh, well, when I was a kid, you know, I used to paint a lot. Um, but I'm like, not that into that anymore. Well, are you really not that into it anymore? Or did you just get really busy? And yeah. we dig into that. I have, um, it's funny on my team for the HA society, which is just like a group that we have. Um, it's a paid membership. So women can come and get support. We do weekly community calls, but we also have so one-on-one clients and it's myself and my um, co-coach Ashley. And we're both really quite different in the sense that she works more with the women with disordered eating backgrounds and who struggle a lot with just like their, um, they just like are so connected to how they look. It's just super challenging for them. Mm-hmm. And then I work more with those women who are like identify more with like, I was an athlete, everything was going mm-hmm. so well, like just now my life's not on track. And I thought this was what I wanted. And now I don't know what I want. There, mm-hmm. there are like those two types of people. Yes, for and sure. So, so for them, we, we start looking at like, okay, well, what did you really want? Like, let's start getting creative. A lot of them are entrepreneurial or they would mm-hmm. like to be. So we do like some business type coaching oh, and some like that. lifestyle stuff. And, and we almost like don't talk about it at all. Sometimes mm-hmm. we like, how can we get you to move on with your life so that your period comes back? Cause I'm sure mm-hmm. you've seen this before. Oh yeah. Everyone knows that story of like, Oh, well, I, I went traveling and I was just so like, and engrossed in what I was doing. And my period came back. Like sometimes that's what we need to do. And then Ashley will often work with women. Like right now we need to be working at the here and now step-by-step. What can I do to get you to eat enough at dinner time? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting the different types of women. And it's so great that we can kind of like learn about them and pair them with the person that's right for them. Yes. And that's super powerful. And something that I've been meaning to bring up in this conversation, but I've kept thinking of other things is Mm. the power of community and why it's so important to get support during this journey. So do you want to talk a little bit about how like your HA society is affecting women and just in general, why we should share things? It doesn't need to be, you know, to the world like we're doing now, but just have someone to kind of talk about this with. 
think there's a lot of different reasons. The one that comes to mind or that's been coming up for me lately. I started the society because I wanted just people to have access to more information and more validation. Mm-hmm. But it's, I guess I wasn't expecting like this actual sisterhood of like these people are my people. Mm-hmm. These are my freaking best friends. Like I feel so I am actually pregnant now. <gasps> oh my God. So congratulations. Thank you. <gasps> and these were the first people I told. Oh, I was I, in, I was messaging them. I was like, I can't believe this. Three of them are pregnant now. Now wow. we're, all, we're all going through it together with this, with a similar background and understanding. And it's just like, oh, okay. I have this community of women who understand me, validate me, and will be there for me every single day. And I get to yeah. talk to them and catch up with them. And we're, we, I think so many of us have that group of friends that do not get it. They don't yes. get it. They're not going through this. It's super hard. And it really causes us to feel alone. It solidifies that feeling of like, I don't deserve this. This doesn't count for me. It's not happening to her. Why is it happening to me? I'm broken. I must have like a brain tumor or something going on. Yep. And I think that our group makes everyone feel so much more normal. I love that. Oh, it makes you so happy. And I think that's what I found too. I was in a get your period back program, which I've mentioned way too many times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just so nice. Like my clients that I talk to weekly, they're like, oh, it just is so nice to talk to someone about whatever it is. And like you mentioned before, you can go in thinking you're going to talk about food and exercise, and then you talk about your boyfriend and then the weather or whatever that's affecting your here and now life. So that's amazing. I have loved, loved, loved talking with you so far. And I only have two more questions for you before we wrap up. Um, so the first one is, and I asked this to all my guests is what does health mean to you? So with, you know, social media nowadays and all these quote unquote experts, and I would never say that I'm some genius expert. I just share about my experiences. Um, everyone, everyone throws out different things. Um, so I like to hear what my guests have to say about it. Yeah. I love that question. Cause health is just such, I, I feel like I was talking with some, to someone about this yesterday. Yeah. On my show. Mm-hmm where she felt like she couldn't use the word health or she was like, you know, dancing around it because every term is off limits now. Yep. Health is entirely subjective to you. Mm-hmm. And I believe that if you are feeling confident where you're at, if you're, you know, feeling like you have a great amount of energy, if you're feeling like things are going well, you are in a place of health. Yes. That's just how I feel. Oh, I love it. And that sounds amazing. I, I've had a guest, um, the one that went out recently and she said health for her was to have her period. So it's just nice, you know, hearing what everyone has to say. So that's yeah. great. And then my final question is what do you do to feel like you're living honestly? And what that means, um, my company is honest living. This podcast is the honest living podcast. And I find it, it's kind of what we were talking about, you know, when before you, some people, before they uh, got their period, what did they like to do? Did they liked art? Do they still like art? They like the piano? Do they still like the piano? Whatever. But there are things that we all do that actually bring us back to ourselves. It could be something physical, it could be something mental, it could be whatever. So what is that to you? 
What is it that makes me feel, but rephrase, re-say the first part of the question. How, what do you do to make you feel like you're living honestly? Yeah. It kind of goes back to something we were talking earlier where you mentioned how like my content isn't like glorifying and pray, like showing wellness in a, a weird unreachable yep. way. I truly like think about that a lot. And I really lean on how like easy my life is because I don't have to pretend to be someone else Yeah, because I'm so just do not care if I just do a YouTube video with no makeup on. Like these things have just freed me so, so much. And I genuinely feel like the person I am because when I ventured out to become this podcaster person, I was like, afraid of the work it was going to take to have to present in a way that a podcaster should be the story I had in my head about what a person on the internet with Mm -hmm. a platform should be when I realized like oh well no you know you don't have to be more Americanized or like you don't have to um be super peppy and you don't have to have all the answers or try to come across as an expert and it's okay if you're like I really don't know the answer to that and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff you're going to be released of so much and you're going to invite other people to show up that way and yeah I I lean on that a lot as like making me feel like I'm really being my whole self that's great. And I can definitely see that in your content. Like I said, it's super, it just seems relaxed and relatable. And that's the really the only type of people I follow now are people that I, who, if I am, if I ask them this question, I know they'll actually give me the true answer. If that makes sense. Like right. I would never have someone on this podcast who would be like, Oh, I wonder what they're going to say because it could be this facade. Being um, my truest self is like, Having a smoothie every morning yeah. and just like relaxing in nature. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> and like having my, only having greens every, you know, whatever it is totally. and always having my nails done and always having, being perfect. That just doesn't relate to me. And a lot of people it doesn't relate to either, whether it be financially or just, you know, time wise, we talked about time being super important um, or just, you know, not feeling like doing that crap. Um, so I appreciate you so much. And I know my listeners will as well. I'm starting to touch my desk. So I need to skip back because that's what audio issues came in the past. So sorry if you guys heard anything. Um, so where can my listeners find you after this episode? Oh, cool. Uh, guys, come over to the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast. Just take a crack at spelling it. See what happens. It comes up. Um, and then I'm the HA podcast at on Instagram or at Danny Sheriff. And you can just chats me at any of those places uh danny sheriff is like day and i and then sheriff like the deputy sheriff like the same the same one (laughs) perfect thank you so much i appreciate your time and you being here and yeah i can't wait to chat more as time goes on thank you so much 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 for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.